much for joining us today on episode number 196 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So we talk all the time about recovering after a hard workout and incorporating enough rest and recovery so that you can gain the benefits of your training. But what about during a workout? Do you know if you are incorporating enough rest and recovery during your workout for the best benefits? This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so before we jump into today's episode, we just have a quick announcement. We are doing another free class um, next week on Monday, April 26th at 12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Um, So we're, we're going to be doing a class all about how to stay consistent and motivated in order to improve your writing. We get this question all the time of, How do I stay motivated? How can I be more consistent in my running? I know that the key to getting better is to stay consistent, but I just can't seem to do it. Yeah. We say that all the time. The key to success is your consistency. It's like, okay, great. So how do I get that consistency? Yeah. How do I stay more consistent? So this is going to apply to you if you are having issues with your consistency in running and also strength training and all the other things that you know you should probably be more consistent with, right? Like there's a lot of people that are great when it comes to running, but they're not doing the strength training the way that they should, or they're not getting enough recovery, or they're not consistent with their nutrition, or all the other aspects that goes into that go into how you feel as a runner. Right. There's a lot of things that, that all need to get taken care of. Inconsistencies in anything along the way is going to cause right. some issues. Right. So we're just going to pretty much give you the five keys to staying consistent and motivated, and actually even better than motivated. We're going to show you why motivation doesn't even matter as much as you think it does, and that how you can stay consistent even without motivation. So if you want to join us in that class, go to realliferunners.com forward slash consistency and get yourself signed up. Reserve your spot today. We're going to be giving you guys a free worksheet to download so that you can put this into your life, figure out how everything applies to you. Um, And we also have some other cool announcements and gifts for you if you attend the class. And if you're not able to attend the class live, there's always a replay. So Make sure you sign up so that we can send you the link to the replay when the class is over as well. Yeah, get the replay, get the worksheet, get all, get all this stuff so that you're not just like attending a class and then not doing anything yeah, with it. Exactly. And then announcement number two is we are creating a new, we have created a new challenge for the month of May to kind of go along with this idea of consistency. We want to try to help you guys be more consistent. So yes, come attend the free class. That's going to be super helpful. The free workshop, we're going to go through through and help you guys figure out some of the obstacles that might be getting in your way and all that good stuff. But then if you need something to motivate you a little bit more, we've got a miles in May challenge where you can set a goal for yourself, how many miles you want to do, set a goal for your consistency. And then we've got, um, you know, finishing medals and swag bags for you if you decide that you'd like to register for that and have just that extra little motivation and accountability. Yeah, sometimes a little oomph gets you, gets yeah. you started, gets you going. Totally. So we have the links for those on the website and also in the show notes. Um, so again, for the class, go to realliferunners.com forward slash consistency and then Keep an eye out for the links for that Miles in May challenge as well. That's going to be a fun one. Miles in May. Yeah, for sure. All right, so on to today's episode. So recovery during a workout. Right. This is not recovery like, oh, man, I just had a really hard day, so I need to take a nice, easy rest day or mm-hmm. recovery day. This is like, oh, man, I'm having a really hard workout. How do I put breaks into it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't necessarily think about putting breaks in or they only put breaks in when they think they need it, right? So like if you're in the middle of a run and you just feel like you can't go on, then you'll take a walking break. Sure. And so that is one way to incorporate rest and recovery. But we'd like to talk a little bit more about some of the structured recovery runs because there are some runs that are great. We talk a lot about going easy and going out, make sure you're doing a level two. And for some people, that means to do a run walk, which that is basically running at an easy pace for a set number of minutes and then taking a walking break. So there's built in and structured recovery into your runs. But the same goes for people that 
maybe aren't incorporating a full-on run-walk program, right? You just go out and you can definitely go out and run five miles or 10 miles or whatever your mileage is, but there are benefits of also having different types of interval workouts in order to build speed, to build strength, um, both in your running workouts and also in your strength training workouts. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go out and run for a long period of time, but there are certain workouts during the week where I I plan and I, yeah. I very specifically take walking breaks and mm-hmm. I know what the walking break is going to be. It's not just like I'm going to walk until I, I feel better because right. I'm also not going to feel better anytime soon. Exactly. And especially when you're doing a hard workout, like you, you can't wait until you're fully recovered. You just got to go. And that depends on the goal of the workout. Also, we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail today about how long you need to be recovering in order to get certain benefits of the workout because there are different benefits that you can gain from different intervals and rest breaks. So we talk about running paces and different paces get different benefits to the body. But these different paces work with different recovery intervals. You know, sometimes you want a little short recovery interval. Sometimes you want a longer recovery interval. And it goes along with how fast you're running the various paces. It also goes along with what you're trying to get out of the workout. Are Mm -hmm. you really going for trying to build up some high-end speed? Are you building some endurance? Are you kind of doing that combo where you're like, I want to make sure that I'm building endurance at a pretty brisk pace? Like Mm -hmm. the pacing and the recovery work hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely, because when you are running at faster paces, you're going to need longer recoveries, and if you try to shorten those, your body's going to get different benefits of the workout, and you might also be setting yourself up for overtraining or other issues, and we're going to go into those further in detail a little bit later, but we're going to start off with talking about recovery periods during strength workouts. Yeah, which is a real interesting one, because, you know, If you're training to get stronger as a runner, to make sure that, like, you're not getting hurt, you want want to have that good, like, runner physique, that look of, like, the the long, stretched out muscle muscle tone, there's different ways of going at this. Mm -hmm. And they're still, they're both going to be successful. The same way there's different training plans that are all kind of successful. So what's the benefit of having short recoveries? when you're working out to on a strength training versus a long recovery. Right. So one example of shorter recovery periods would be something called HIT training, which stands for high intensity interval training. Many people have become more familiar with this type of training recently. This is one of those training methods that has really become more popular in the last few years, especially during COVID when all of the gyms shut down and a lot of people were just looking up strength workouts on the internet or gym workouts without equipment, those kinds of things, because the HIIT workouts a lot of times will incorporate full body explosive types of movements. So basically high intensity interval training, it's it's kind of like combining strength and cardio in one workout. So what you're doing is basically going all out for a short period of time and then taking a short recovery. So a typical Example of this kind of workout would be the Tabata style, which would be 20 seconds on, 10 seconds of rest, and then you repeat that interval four times or eight times, depending on the kind of workout you're doing. So an example of this would be like burpees, right? So for 20 seconds, you're going to do burpees, as many as you can, as hard as you can, going all out, and then you rest for only 10 seconds, and you do that four times in a row. It sounds exhausting. It is exhausting, right? But the benefit of that is that you keep your heart rate elevated the whole time, right? So you get the cardio benefit of that. You're, you are um, basically working with short bursts of energy. So a lot of these workouts tend to really improve power, you know, help build power and that explosive types of movements and energy. Um, and they're usually more full body types of workouts. So like burpees, squat jumps, mountain climbers, jump rope, those kinds of things. It's, it's a lot of plyometrics that typically happen in these kind of hit style workouts. And a lot of like really explosive movements. Yeah. So like you don't need to be spending a ton of time on the workout itself because you're going to get really exhausted really quick. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm taking like really slow squat jumps, I'm probably not really getting a huge benefit out of that because I'm not being as explosive. You can't squat jump in a non-explosive way. I mean, it just (laughs) depends on your goal, right? Like if you're just really working on your form, for example, that would be like a good reason to do a slow squat jump. Okay. But like, yes, for the the point of that we're trying to make here is that 
These are explosive movements that are short in duration with very short recoveries. So those are some of the big benefits. Now, the drawbacks to this kind of training is that it can lead to overtraining, especially for people that are running several days a week and then on their non-running days, they're basically doing HIIT training. Yeah. So then you're basically putting in what seems like a pretty difficult full body workout mm-hmm. on a non-running day. So if you're then trying to go back and forth on easy and hard running days, do you put the full body explosive movement after a hard day, mm-hmm. before a hard day? Right. It's tricky to combo that with a hard run. Yeah, it's tricky. And there, the answer is that it works differently for different people. And, and it depends on what you're trying to do um, with your training plan. What are you training for? What phase or cycle of training are you in? You know, last week we talked about base building um, and how there are real, a lot of benefits of base building outside of just building mileage. And this would be one of those, right? Like if you're trying to build strength and you're trying to build power and explosive strength and those kinds of things, then hitting the exact paces in your runs the next day are less important because during base building phase, the pace, specific paces aren't as important. You said hitting the paces as we're discussing hit workouts. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> um, I'm so punny. But I mean, base building, like a lot of people, when you, <laughs> you think base building, they're like, all right, so that's just going to be a lot of slow miles. But you completely could incorporate these sort of hit workouts as the strength aspect during base building. It'd be a really nice combo, actually. It would. You just have to make sure you're getting enough recovery because there's not a lot of recovery in inside of the workout and one of the big benefits of HIIT training is that there's this afterburn effect. This is why people advocate for HIIT style training so much is because you're not actually burning a ton of calories during the workout because the the workouts are very short in duration but because of the way that they're structured and because of the oxygen deficit that you create during the workout, there's this whole afterburn effect so that you're actually burning more calories and more energy and trying to rebuild muscle for hours after the workout, which is fantastic for your metabolism and your strength and your power and all of that. But if you're not giving yourself enough recovery time, then that can very easily work into overtraining and overtraining can lead to sickness and injury and all sorts of issues with you as a runner. All right, so I see some issues with this. You don't always necessarily go like super hit on on your workouts, but you like to have a, sort of a combo of, of strength and cardio on your strength days. I do. Often. Yeah, I do. I, I used to do it more often to ha- like incorporate more of that hit style. Now I kind of do strength circuits where it is a little bit slower. Sometimes I will, um, what I like to do is kind of do a, a combination workout for my strength workouts where I will do um, two or three slower strength exercises and then throw in one higher intensity and then do a couple slower and then throw another high intensity in there so that like my heart rate will like shoot up and then come back down. So there's different ways that you can incorporate this into your week. And there's lots of different types of exercise. I mean, that's kind of fun. You're you're literally using certain strength exercises to recover from other strength exercises. Correct. Yeah. And and so I have to like really gauge, you know, my heart rate sometimes and and take like a a rest break during the workout, you know, during that set um, to let my heart rate come down enough because like the your heart rate reacts differently depending on what you're doing totally sometimes it doesn't go up during that exercise but then like it does go up right after you know so then like you have to kind of learn how to balance it out and you have to really know your body well um, in order to start playing with it in that way. I mean, from the running side, that's essentially what happens during strides mm-hmm. is I don't get a huge heart rate spike during the stride. I get it maybe in the last, it depends on how long I go. Yeah. Maybe in the last second or two mm-hmm. of like a 15 second burst. Exactly. And then, then my, my walking period, I have this crazy spike. Like mm-hmm. I didn't spike cause I'm walking. Mm-hmm. It just took a little bit of time for my heart to say, you need to start pumping faster. Yes, exactly. So, um, and you know, in the strength circuits that I create for our team members and, and all the training plans that we have, which incorporate both the running workouts and the strength workouts, I build all of this in so you don't have to figure this out on your own, which is really nice to not have to think about it. Excellent. So along with what we were just saying, there are the hit style workouts, but like I was just saying, sometimes I like to kind of combination, like I, I, I like to combo hit with the longer recovery, more relaxed paced strength workout so that I'm doing like some slow lifts and then throwing in a shorter duration, like a hit 
exercise basically. So it's not like a hit workout per se, mm-hmm. but it's a hit exercise within a strength circuit. So let's then talk about the benefits of the longer recovery strength sessions. Right, where you're not you're not like rushing through any of the speed stuff. Like if you're doing burpees, you're going to do them for some cardio benefit also. But we're talking about different kinds of exercises that you can sort of just take your time on the exercises. You can put a little rest into them and that you're still going to gain benefits, physical strengthening benefits out of kind of a more relaxed pace workout. Right. So for examples of this, you would look at the muscle heads at the gym, basically, and I say that with love. You know, I'm not judging anybody, of course, but you know which guys I'm talking about. Like, they pretty much go to the gym for, like, two to three hours, and they spend most of their time just, like, standing around talking, and then they do a little bit of lifting, and they stand around and talk some more, and you're like, what the heck are they doing? Like, right, as runners, we, like, jump on a treadmill and just, like, go the whole time. Like, we're, we're working the entire time we're here, and a lot of times I've, I hear a lot of, like, you know, jokes and jest about like are you guys even doing anything but clearly they are because they are filled with muscle because they're enormous right it's like i mean for the most part they just kind of stood around and talked but then he bench pressed and the bar bent as he was doing it so (laughs) i feel like he's pretty strong Right. So when you're doing these more relaxed pace strength workouts, we'll call them, right? Like, so basically you're doing a lift and then you have a longer period of recovery. The reason that you need to do that is because your your body needs that longer period of recovery in between lifts because most of the time you're lifting heavier. So the guys at the gym, for example, that are doing like strength building types of workouts are really trying to do somewhere between one and five repetitions um, to build muscle and then create that like muscle bulk. That's the kind of lifting that they need to do. But when you're exerting that much force with one repetition, you need a long recovery period in order to like let your muscle recover and be ready to go again. Right. From like a fueling and like a nerve standpoint, there's like a whole lot of different like micro level, very microscopic level things that all need to make sure that they can fire again Mm -hmm. so that you don't drop a bar on yourself. Right. So it's kind of like if you were to squeeze out a sponge, you know how if you were to squeeze a sponge all the way out, it's like super skinny. And then if you were to like let it go and put it back into water, it would reabsorb all the water back up. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, that's a good that's a good example of right? it. Right? Yeah. So like your muscles, like you you wring them out, you max them out, and then you have to like let them rest and kind of let them refill their energy stores and their um, ready, you know, the, basically the energy stores to get them ready to, to contract that much again. Right. And the refilling process takes a whole heck of a lot longer than the emptying process. Correct. Correct. So... Um, The benefits of these types of workouts are that you can perform more targeted strength work because when you're going at a slower pace, you can really try to think about muscle activation. You can really try to hone in on a specific muscle um, during these types of workouts. Whereas with the HIIT workouts, when you're doing kind of that more full body explosive thing, you're not really targeting one muscle. You're, You're doing more full body, large muscle types of exercises. So when you're doing like slower paced workouts, you can really hone in on what muscle you're trying to strengthen, which is fantastic for a lot of the stabilization exercises when we're trying to activate those smaller muscles because the HIIT workouts will strengthen the big power building muscles, like the, we'll say the glute max, but you still need to target the gluteus medius and minimus, which are the smaller ones underneath the glute max that don't get triggered as much with those power building workouts. You need more targeted strength workouts to help strengthen those ones. And those ones are super important for you as a runner. Right. So you open with the example of like the really big bulky guys at the gym, but that's not necessarily the sole point of this Correct. is you're not necessarily just taking these extra long Long recoveries so that you can build up huge bulk. You mm-hmm. you can use this to try and work on much smaller muscles. Yes. That are like it's called glute minimus for a reason. It's a small muscle. <laughs> it's a small muscle. <laughs> like, it just it takes some focus and care and making sure that your form is exactly spot on that the right muscle is being activated to do that particular ex- exercise. Right. So it, it can definitely be used that way, but it can also be used like the other guys at the gym to do heavier lifts to actually build muscle. Now, this is a great time to mention the myth that 
runners shouldn't get bulky um, and that runners, if they lift too heavy, are going to get bulky. That's just not going to happen. Like if you run a certain number of miles, like if you run a, a decent number, you're just not going to bulk up. Your body's not go- going to allow that to happen. So you don't have to worry about getting quote unquote too bulky, um, but you can still do heavier lifts to build muscle and build that gross strength in your body right which is how you like to approach lifting is Mm -hmm. you know you you enjoy lifting heavier weights Mm -hmm. and seeing can i lift a little bit more weight this week than i did last week and and knowing that that's making you stronger and you're certainly not bulking up here no and i need to get some more like i need to get some heavier weights because i've kind of maxed out on my on what we've got my dumbbells and stuff yeah i think i need to start investing in some in some heavier weights here Um, But another huge benefit of this kind of strength workout where you're doing more relaxed pace and and incorporating longer recovery periods in between exercises and in between sets is that there's a decreased chance of injury, right? Because you're allowing your body to recover and you're doing a lot more um, controlled types of movements during these kinds of sessions. I mean, all that makes, makes perfect sense. So what are the drawbacks of taking your time through this? So the first one is that a lot of times it makes the workouts longer. Ah, uh, yes, that makes sense. Right? Like if, if you're cramped on time, taking all this time of standing around and not doing the exercises mm-hmm. is feels like it could be a waste of time. Correct. And that's one of the reasons people love the HIIT workouts because they're like, they feel like they're so productive during a very short period of time. And you just like, you know, if you have... 15 minutes, you can get in a really good HIIT workout. Whereas if you have 15 minutes and you need to incorporate, you know, long recovery periods in between your strength and your lifts. You lifted twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's not, you know, so the, the workouts do tend to be a little bit longer. Um, some people don't enjoy them. You know, there's a reason that you're a runner. And a lot of times runners run because they don't really enjoy lifting heavier weights. Um, I've heard that a lot. I think there you can definitely be both. I am both. I, I, I like to lift heavier weights. I enjoy my strength training days and I also enjoy my running days. Um, and I encourage anyone that might be in that mindset of I don't like strength training to really try to move towards me <laughs> and like where I am. Um, not that I'm not saying that I'm like the ideal, but, you know, move more into that mindset of strength is really good for me. I'm going to try my best to enjoy this because I know that it's doing good things for me. Right. And then also when you're working out and a lot of your workout involves a rest period, you're not necessarily burning as many calories, certainly over that like 15 minute time interval Mm -hmm. that you could knock out a ton of calories plus all the afterburn of a HIIT workout. You're just not going to burn that level of calorie. Right. And, And that's kind of, you know, people that are stuck in that mindset of needing to burn calories, they have issues with this kind of thing. Again, I would encourage you not to be in that mindset of needing to burn calories from your workout. That's really not not the point. Um, part of the point of doing strength training is to get you stronger. And when you build muscle, you actually will burn more calories during just your normal daily activities because you'll have more lean muscle mass. So I encourage you to take the bigger picture and the bigger vision of this so that when you build lean muscle, you're just going to be a, a more of a calorie burning machine anyway. Makes sense. Um, so that's, that's another thing. If, if people are like counting calories, they're not going to see, you know, the huge, they're not going to, it's not going to be equivalent to running by any means. No, it's certainly not. Right. But you get the same issue when, when we start talking about putting recovery into running workouts, Mm -hmm. you get the same issue of, well, how am I going to burn calories? I'm spending all this time walking as a recovery. Right. And that's where people, again, get into overtraining, but we're not onto the running quite yet. We have one more thing we want to mention when it comes to recovery during a workout, and that is yoga. Yes. So yoga- It's Kevin's favorite. I I thought that it would be an important thing to mention because I know that we've got a lot of (laughs) listeners and a lot of people on our team who really enjoy yoga as a a strong aspect of their strength training. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways that you can incorporate yoga that essentially yoga kind of builds recovery into it. Like yoga as, as a philosophy is there's harder aspects and there's easier aspects. And as you go through different flows and different holds and poses, it, it's really all about finding this balance between a particularly hard pose that then is followed by something where your body is allowed to recover, but you're still in the whole yoga, not workout. There's a term for yoga for a, it's not a routine. It's a yoga flow flow. 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this depends on the type of yoga that you're doing, right? But I I would agree that recovery is a lot of times included in more traditional types of yoga um, and like vinyasa and flow yoga because you would you'll hold a pose and then you'll go into a rest pose and then you'll go into a pose to like balance out the last pose so there's a lot of push and pull of energy and there's some you know times where you're like really holding which can get a little bit intense depending on your level of experience and your level of strength, but then you usually take it off a notch, right? Like, so it's like you're on and then you're off, you're on and then you're off. And that is how most yoga is. Um, However, with that being said, there are a lot more intense types of yoga out there now. You know, some of the hot yogas and and the more Western, the way that we've Westernized yoga. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. To make it more of a workout versus this beautiful push and pull of energy that, you know, we're doing to help take care of our bodies. A lot of people are like view yoga as a workout only because they want a, a, a quote yoga body. Yes. You know, and so they want that long, lean, toned body. And so they just look, well, I'm going to do yoga but I, I have to feel like I'm burning calories and I have to feel like I'm doing enough during yoga because traditional yoga just doesn't feel like I'm working hard enough. Right. Even though traditional yoga is what gets the quote unquote yoga body, right. I'm going to try and cram it into a 20 minute workout session. So I'm just going to go from one really hard pose to the yeah. next. To the I'm next. sure there's some form of hit yoga out there's there. There's got to be hit I'm yoga. I'm sure there is. We should probably look it up. But so, uh, you know, it does depend on what kind of yoga you're doing, but if you're doing, um, you know, just kind of a, a basic vinyasa type of yoga, it is very well kind of integrated together there with the, re- the recovery right. and the work. It's just, it's designed to flow with how your body works, that yep. you can work for a little while and then you have to pull back and recover for a little while. Well, it's, and it's, it's also, the, the whole concept of yoga also is trying to link movement to your breath. So when you control your breathing and you can link your movement to that, then you're never really you shouldn't be out of breath during a yoga workout. Yeah, excellent. All right, which gets us to running workouts, some workouts that you could definitely be out of breath during. Yes, you can definitely be out of breath during some harder interval workouts, which we're going to talk about. So just like in strength training, when we talk about recovery during running workouts, we want to have a balancing act, right? So speed and recovery duration basically have this I get push and pull, right? This balancing act. So the faster the pace, the longer the recovery is needed. Just the same as with lifting, how when you are going heavier, you need a longer recovery period. It's the same thing kind of applies here um, to speed. Right. I mean, it's really basically the exact same thing. And it's it's why I love yoga so much. It's because of the push and pull. <laughs> you laugh at me like I just don't just break into yoga all the time around the house. Yes. Yes, it's just what I do. Crow. He'll just like (laughs) jump into crow pose like randomly. Yeah, of course I do. It's the craziest thing. Um, But I do enjoy designing workouts that you can balance out how the body's going to adapt to that particular speed and then how much recovery it actually needs off of it. And the key here is that the faster the pace, the longer recovery. But one of the other things that you really have to take into account, and this one gets a little resistance from some people, is when you're pushing the pace really fast, that recovery should be a a walking recovery. Or maybe you're just kind of standing around doing some like gentle dynamic stretches. Maybe you pick some of the like running drills that are easy on your body and you're just moving, but you're not... You're not still running. Mm-hmm. You're actually taking a very gentle recovery between really hard bouts of exercise. Yeah, and when people come into running from that calorie burn mindset, that's where a lot of the resistance comes in. They feel like if they're not running the entire time, then they're not getting good enough of a workout or they're not burning enough calories or they're giving themselves too much rest. They're not working hard enough. And when you're doing these types of workouts, this kind of recovery is absolutely critical for you to gain the most benefits of them. Right. So if you're trying to hit a workout where you're hitting higher paces and you're like, okay, but I'm going to jog the recovery so that I get more, more out of the workout. Sure. You might be burning more calories during the workout, but you're not getting the point of the workout Mm. because odds are if you're jogging all the recoveries you're not able to hit the fast portion as fast as you could be hitting the fast portion if you actually just took a full walking recovery yeah that's an interesting one um, that you've told me before and we've told lots of our clients before too 
And they're like, well, I don't feel like I'm doing anything if I just stand around. Like, isn't that, isn't that just wasting my time? Shouldn't I be? Because, like, some people are also very tied to a mileage, you know, that they have to go out. And on Tuesdays, they have to run five miles. And yeah. if they do a speed workout, they're only going to be hitting four miles. So if I just jog the recovery, then I'll actually get my full five miles in, right? And they have, there's a lot of resistance that can be built in um, to this idea of just stopping and resting or taking a walking recovery break and like Kevin said if you jog the recovery and you keep your heart rate high it's harder for the body to then hit those higher end speeds which then puts you at risk for overtraining that takes us back to our 80 20 principle that we've talked about many many times on the podcast about how you should be doing 80 percent of your running at that easy pace and only 20 percent at a harder pace and when the workout is designed to give you a short hard interval like say a quarter mile repeat okay you're doing a quarter mile and then you're supposed to be resting for a minute or two minutes and instead you're running all of a sudden the level of intensity for the entire workout workout has gone up which then increases your intensity for your entire training week right everything goes up because that jog in between you know if you just finish running a quarter mile hard and you're like all right now i'm just going to jog for a quarter mile you're halfway through before you catch your breath correctly mm-hmm. like you're still breathing pretty hard you would much rather and i mean look if you're really tied to the whole oh, i gotta jog some of it walk the front end of it mm-hmm. and then jog into the next one yeah you know i'll do that a lot of times you will do that a lot of times yeah, you also have some running partners who prefer to jog the recovery yeah and so then i will convince them to just walk one minute and then we'll jog the second minute of our recovery period but by then you've you've taken your heart rate back down yeah. so that jog at that point is actually more of a easier recovery jog right and it depends on the workout you know sometimes i do have running buddies that will want to jog the recovery and i'll say yeah go ahead i'm i'm gonna walk so if you'd like to come back for me great and if not i'll see you at the end right and like you said it totally depends on the workout i have plenty of workouts especially when i'm going early in the morning that are more effort based where Mm -hmm. i just go back and forth and trade paces between a hard effort and an easy jog and a hard effort and easy jog but I'm not aiming on trying to hit this super high-end speed on that. Like, that workout is designed to build up cardio endurance. The The trickier part of that is not the push. Mm-hmm. It's actually the part where I get to pull back and make sure that I don't pull back too far. Mm-hmm. That's honestly the harder part of the workout. Right, but that's a totally different point of the workout. And this is why, you know, the goal of your workout and the physiological benefit that you're trying to get from the workout, as well as the mental benefit, quite frankly, Ooh, very good um, point. from the workout what you're trying to gain from that workout matters, right? Like every workout has a different point. Quarter repeats followed by a walking break versus quarter repeats followed by a jogging break. Two different workouts, two different points, two different physiological and mental benefits, like whole thing, right? So all of these things really, really matter. Like people think that they could just go out and kind of make stuff up. And sure, that works sometimes. And maybe it works at the beginning and you progress and everything's going great and your times are improving. And then you get to that point where you're like, well, I'm not progressing anymore. You know, why am I, why am I not still getting faster? I'm still doing the same kinds of workouts. And there can be a whole host of reasons for that. But basically your body's gained the benefits of that just because you're new to speed work, maybe you followed some workouts that you read in an article one time or in some random Instagram post that you saw, maybe one of ours, you know, <laughs> and, and you said, oh, well, that's, I'll, I'll do that today. I'll do that workout. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's why all of these things need to be incorporated into that more comprehensive training plan because there's a time and a purpose for various different types of workouts in your training cycles. Right. And a lot of the workouts kind of build on each other or you have to make sure, I mean, it goes back to last week of base building, like base building means different things depending on what the next cycle is. Sometimes you really do need a a giant mileage base during your base building. Sometimes you want to focus on, you know, how long can I build up that medium effort? How long can I, you know, start, start tapping into some higher end speed. It's all like base building is just designed to get to the next level this guy now we're talking on how do you get those recovery paces in it's figuring out well depending on what level you're running at you get different 
you know, recoveries. Yeah. So I think now's a good time to get into some of the details to maybe help people figure this out. Right. So if you are not quite ready to hire a coach and start working with a coach with the system and you want to still try to figure this out on your own, how do you know how to build in the proper recovery and what it all means? All right. So I think that, that a good starting point for this is if you're doing a workout where your, your faster pace is coming in somewhere around like a level eight, Okay, which is pretty quick. Like eight out of ten is is moving That's pretty fast. Hard. Then it's faster than a five k pace. It's definitely it's faster than a five k pace. Um, you're probably during that workout you're only running short intervals because it's hard to sustain a level eight for very long. Mm-hmm. And then your recovery off of that is going to be about the same amount of time that you ran. You're going to get that same amount of time as recovery. So if you're running level eight for like one minute, then you're going to recover for one minute. Right. So and and then everything else kind of plays off of that. So then as the paces get a little bit easier, as you drop down to like a seven and a six, then you get less recovery. And I, I like to do everything time based. I think it just makes a lot more sense to do everything time based because you're not jogging the recovery. You're walking. Mm -hmm. So if you ran for a minute, then you get a minute recovery. If you ran for a minute and you only get half, then you get 30 seconds of recovery. Mm -hmm. And the the numbers just work out nicely that way. Yeah. And again, it depends on the point of the workout. So if you're at a level eight effort wise and you're doing what we call 100% recovery, that means that the recovery matches the amount of time that you just ran for the harder portions. And then as the effort level decreases, if you get down to like a level seven, level six, we're talking more like um, 10K pace, 5K pace, um, tempo pace, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. you should have less recovery in between those intervals depending on the goal of the workout. Right, so the the phrase that you, that gets thrown out here is, is your work to rest ratio. Mm-hmm. So at something like a level eight, it's a one-to-one ratio. And then as the pace gets easier, as the pace kind of slows down a little bit, instead of a one-to-one work to rest, now it's like a, a two-to-one work to rest. Mm-hmm. And that's like a 50% recovery. Right, exactly. So basically, the easier you're running, like the slower the pace, the shorter the recovery that you are going to plan in for those intervals. Right. And so you can take this down to a pace that's kind of like a medium effort, like a level five is four or five is kind of where we call our tempo effort pace, which when you got into running was obviously your favorite type of workout is I would say just <laughs> go to medium effort for 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's medium like a solid medium effort for 20 minutes is pretty hard. It is pretty tough. And it's it's tough physically, but it's also just tough mentally. Right. So instead of dealing with both the physical and mental aspect, you can take a little bit of recovery off of the mental aspect without making the physical change all that much. And you do what what is known as a broken tempo run. Oh, see, these ones I like. And broken tempo runs are mentally a lot easier. Instead of saying, hey, go run 20 minutes at this effort, which should be roughly moderate for you, but, you know, it's it's still kind of hard, and it, it just keeps getting harder and harder as the workout goes. Now I'm going to say, okay, go for five minutes and then just take like a 30-second recovery off of mm. it. And it just allows you mentally to say, okay, I only have to get through five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's not that 30 seconds does anything physically, like it's barely enough time to catch your breath or anything, but you know, when I get to the end of five minutes, I can take a little walking break. Yeah. That's a really great tip for how to build that tempo endurance without needing to just go on a straight tempo run. And I think this is something that a lot of people can really benefit from. Um, A good, another good workout example of this kind of run would be like the five by five minute workout where you do five minutes at that tempo pace. You take a one minute rest break and you do that five times. That doesn't sound that hard, but that (laughs) is a really taxing workout. Yeah. If, uh, if you haven't followed Des Linden on, on Instagram, I think she took that workout to like a whole nother level. I mean, doesn't she take everything to another level? What? She's amazing. I mean, you went five by five minutes. So she did a workout in training to set the the world best for the 50 K and it was five mile repeats. Uh Not, not five times a mile. She did five mile repeated Mm -hmm. four times with a warm-up and a cool-down. So her workout was like a marathon worth of running. Wow. But all the hard bouts were... 
um, somewhere between like 525 and 540 pace. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just, it was insane. I mean, that's mind blowing to me. That's like my pace for like 200 meters and she's holding it for 50 K. She No, what she held it for five miles, then took a break, then another five yeah, but and her then 50K another break. Record was like what? 548. That's why she trained that pace is yeah. because she was trying to train at a pace that was just slightly above her 50 K pace. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can drop into this pace and now I can drop into this pace and on the repeats it was like okay well i get a little bit of recovery so if i have to run all the way through and i pull back just enough Mm because she was hitting these somewhere around like 530 ish Mm -hmm. so when she pulled back to 540 it's like oh well now i don't need the break anymore because it's a little bit easier than that broken run so i can run straight through yeah because when you're working at those kinds of paces also 10 seconds is a really big deal huge huge like completely game changing whereas people that may be running at like 11 minute pace that's maybe more of like a minute versus like the 10 seconds well it's on a percentage basis it's it's huge yes that's a a very good way to look at (laughs) it like five and five like 530 and 540 Mm -hmm. is a pretty good percentage compared to like 11 versus 11 30 11 40 it's yeah. probably pretty comparable yeah and i just wanted to point that out not to obviously we would never want anyone to feel bad but just so, so that people understand what 10 seconds is at different paces really makes a difference right and, and then, i think that the way you just put it was like as a percentage of what you're doing makes a lot of sense yeah and then you know it's also a matter that she's been tuned into knowing what that pace is like if you can know the pace where your body just starts feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. and hold that line perfectly for a long, long time, your body gets really good at holding that, yeah. holding the line. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, so let's, so that hopefully that helps you guys understand kind of how much recovery you should be planning into all of these types of workouts, depending on how fast you're going, like how long the interval is, and also how, how fast you're trying to hit it, you know, your pace or your effort level. So, what about if you are in the middle of a workout and you start to feel recovered before the recovery should be up? I know that this has happened um, for some of our athletes before. Um, they've they've written us after a workout and said, you know, that workout just felt way too easy. Like I felt like the rest break was way too long. You told me that I needed to recover for two minutes and I was completely ready to go after one minute and I just kind of stood around waiting and I, I just felt like it was – too much recovery. Right. It's the, I I didn't feel like I was getting a workout. It almost felt like a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. Why am I standing around so much? I feel like a lot of the time people are underestimating their own speed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, sometimes during the workouts, and this is tricky. Like if I'm not in person watching people, I can't really judge how hard does it look like they're going on this and how hard are they breathing afterwards? Like Mm -hmm. did the heart rate super spike? Like are they running a legitimate level eight or nine? Mm -hmm. If so, well, okay, maybe you're just recovering super fast. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is maybe you're just underestimating how fast you can go. Yeah, and I love this one, and I sometimes tell our clients this, and they'll look at me, well, I assume, because sometimes it's virtual. Um, sometimes I get to see their beautiful faces on Zoom, um, and sometimes it's just via email or text message. And so I assume that they look at me <laughs> with that based on, like, their reply. But it's one of those things where I'll tell them, you know, you're faster than you think you are and they're like what are you talking about like no I'm not I'm like yes you are like if this workout didn't feel that hard to you or if you felt like the recovery was too long you're capable of more like you're not going fast enough if you were to go faster you would be very thankful that you had that length of recovery time right and a lot of times this sort of like pause happens right as the minutes change Mm -hmm. on particular paces like oh i can i can handle that workout at a nine minute pace but i definitely could never do it in the eights i can handle it in the sevens but i could never drop to the sixes like as soon as that front number changes suddenly it's complete it's all over the place Mm -hmm. and then then you get people coming on on european and they're all on kilometer base and so they've got their own hang-ups on different numbers it's fun it is fun and you know i think that this is super important for us to point out because i think that more more of us need to start to embrace that speed inside of you like there's people that just tell themselves like I'm a slow runner or I'm an older runner or I can't get faster anymore and that's just simply not true and if you were to just be kind of open to it and be like what if I could go really fast and you might burn out you know you might you might really try to go fast and realize that you can't hold it for a full minute and then 
you, you don't want to feel like a failure. So you're like, well, I know I can hit, hit this and hold this for a minute. But if you know that you can hold it for that amount of time, depending again on the point of the workout, like if you're trying to um, go for really that level eight, nine type of speed versus a tempo where you are trying to sustain it for a longer period of time, again, how do you feel during that recovery? Do you feel like the recovery period was just too long? I would suggest trying to go faster next time because you might be capable of more than you're giving yourself credit for. Right. And I, depending on what kind of races people like to run, a lot of people, like if they're a half marathon, marathon kind of person, and suddenly they're doing workouts at like level eight or nine, they are tapping into speeds that they're not used to running. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. All of my workouts go at this pace. Right. I could never do a workout at that. Sure you can. And it might not go perfectly smooth the first couple of times. Well, because your legs feel weird, right? <laughs> like if you're used to running marathon pace type of workouts and you all of a sudden are trying to tap into that speed, sometimes you feel like your legs don't even know what to do. You know, they're just kind of like all over the place and you yes. have to like rein them in, right? I mean, I know I've felt that way before. Yeah, that's why strides are a great way to start incorporating some higher end speed with people who are just not used to using higher end speed. Like... Uh, my legs just don't go that fast. I felt like I was going to fall. Like I, yeah. I felt like my, my feet couldn't keep up with how fast my upper body was going. Mm-hmm. Or like something just couldn't keep up. Yep. It gives a weird sensation. Right. So be open to just kind of like burning up on that fast workout and then learning from it, right? Like if you try and you go out and you're like, I'm going to see how fast I can go and you kind of feel like unsafe and it feels very weird and like are you open to just going with it and trying and just kind of continuing onward and learning from it right like okay well maybe I need to swing my arms a little bit differently or maybe I need to land with my foot underneath me more or I need to be on my toes more during this workout right and actually taking some some lessons and learning from that workout um, and if you do actually burn up and you're not able to kind of hit the full workout maybe because a lot of you know, times when we do, um, or at least when we prescribe these kinds of faster workouts, faster, shorter workouts, there's more interval, there's more repetitions. Yes. Um, again, depending on how fast the speed is like the faster the speed, the less repetitions there are, but the longer the recovery. So there's like this whole, again, balance and push and pull. Right. And some of this faster and stuff is, I really love working with when we, uh, we hit the fall and our cross country kids come out and it's like, actually you can run this fast and, they're like, okay, but how many do I have to do? I'm like, don't worry about how many you have to do. You're going to do it until I say that you've, you've done enough. And <laughs> it'll be quite apparent that you've done enough. Yeah. And they're like, okay, but what's the most that I could possibly do? Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to judge how hard should I go on effort number one? Right. Like, do I have four of these? Do I have to repeat it 10 times? I'm like, okay, the most you could do is 10, but I could stop you at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as it looks like you've completely burned up and you're no longer hitting the paces anymore, your form's all over the place, it looks like you're going to hurt yourself, now the workout's done. Right. But let's try this pace and just see how it goes. Because mm-hmm. what if you hit all 10 of them? That's fantastic. And what if you burn up and you only get through six? Well, now we can learn something from that. But taking it too easy and being like, hey, I did all 10, it wasn't that hard of a workout – you can't learn much from that. Yeah, exactly. You learn that you have more, but you don't know how much. Right. Yeah, that's a really good thing. Like, there's more potential there, but you have no idea what it is. Right. All right, so that would be kind of one of the most common things if you feel like the recovery periods are too long. Now, what if you are feeling under-recovered? Maybe you are trying some of these speed workouts for the first time, and you feel like the recovery is just way too short, and then when it's time for the next interval to start, you're not, nowhere near wanting to start this again. All right, so there's a couple of things. One, you know, check out any of our other episodes on like overall recovery. Maybe you entered that workout too tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things, maybe that workout is a little bit over your head. Maybe um, you're you're rushing the recovery. You're trying to get through. You're like you're jogging when you should be walking the recovery because you're trying to get more out of it, and so you just don't feel as recovered as you should be. It's okay to do that every once in a while. Like it's okay to hit a workout that just feels like too much. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many get through this workout and you're going to be exhausted for the rest of that day and probably the next day. That's when you go and look at recovery on a big scale, make sure that you're sleeping, make sure that you're eating enough food because it's okay to have these super overwhelming workouts Mm -hmm. occasionally. Right. And you can also kind of alter your week 
to make up for that too, right? So maybe you had two speed workouts planned and then you decided to go all in on one of them, make the next one an easy day. Yeah, that'd be that'd be completely possible. That's mm-hmm. something that I wish I had a little more control of in my first couple of years of college. Of, <laughs> all right, well, I went really hard on Monday because... Well, I tried to keep up with that guy for a distance run, and yeah. then, then it was a workout on Tuesday. I'm dying on Wednesday, and it's another workout on Thursday. Right. Yeah, and that you just don't want to do that to your body. So, And this is one of the things that I love kind of when uh, members of our team, um, coaching them through these kinds of things. Like there are some days that people will post up in the group like, I wasn't today was supposed to be an easy day, but I just felt so amazing, and the weather was perfect. I went out, and I made it a tempo run or I made it a speed workout or I did this or I did that. I made it a progression run, right? They turn an easy day into something else and we're like, okay, great. Like that's fantastic. Now let's adjust the rest of your week to make up for that, to make sure that you're still on point. Yes. Yes. Which (laughs) because some days you need that. Like some days you just need that mental release or that physical release or whatever it might be. Maybe you had a really stressful day and you need to just go out and run hard. Yes. And then it's just a matter of making sure that the the overall week, yes. and this goes beyond this episode, then the week needs to have a mm-hmm. balance of hard days and easy days and recovery days. Right, exactly. So if you are feeling under-recovered from the start um, or during the workout, just it's important to know how to adjust and maybe when to even pull the plug. Yes, definitely know when to pull the plug. Like, we had you, a great episode on that a few back called "When to Quit." Yeah, of you know, are are you up against some like serious pain, or does it just really hurt because the workout's getting hard? Yeah, and also, is this something that is the pace really important for you to kind of hone in on, or the effort level? Because if you're trying to really hit a pace, a very specific pace, and you are not hitting that pace, should you continue the workout, or should you call it quits? Yeah, right, and try again another day versus, okay, I just need to go out and hit this effort level and really try to gut this out to get the mental benefits of it. And I'm also getting physical benefits as well, even if I'm not hitting that exact pace I was supposed to be. Right. So then it becomes like a super mentally tough workout that Mm -hmm. you also are going to want some recovery from because that's mentally exhausting. Exactly. So know the point of your workout that, I mean, that's really what this all comes down to is number one, know the point of your workout. Like, what are you trying to gain from that workout? Are you trying to gain cardio? Are you trying to, to gain strength? Are you trying to build power and speed? Are you trying to build endurance? Like, what is the actual point of the workout? And that will help you dictate what kind of intervals you should put in, how long those intervals should be, and then how much recovery you need to build in both during the workout and then in the days following that workout as well. Yes. Excellent. You wrapped it up with recovery both in and outside of the workout. Ba-dum, bing. All right. So again, guys, just a quick reminder of that class. If you want to learn how to be more consistent and more motivated, join us over at realliferunners.com forward slash consistency. And if you forget that email address or that URL and you want to just email us support at realliferunners.com, we can just email you the link right back. No problem. Perfect. And all the stuff's in the show notes. Yeah, it's all in the show notes. And um, I'll put the link on our homepage as well if you just want to go to realliferunners.com. So guys, as always, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 196. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.